Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. We'll get back to that date in a minute. Uh, I'm doing this news and views in the wake of a very, very bad storm that hit my region. Uh, and I wanted to do it just to make sure that everybody knew, knows that there is no vid chat tomorrow. I've had to cancel that vid chat indefinitely. Uh, I'm fully expecting that I will make it up at some point, but I do not know when. Folks, last Saturday night, a storm hit my area. I was warned on the radio to take shelter, so I bundled up little Miss Shiloh, and she and I hit the storm shelter literally two minutes before the sirens started to blow. A storm was approaching the entire county, not just a narrow area. This was all straight-line wind, like in a hurricane, uh, straight-line winds uh, of about 100 miles an hour, in some cases gusts up to 120 miles an hour. Uh, the roar of the wind, those of you who have been in a hurricane, this is my first time ever experiencing a storm that had a roaring wind that lasted for about an hour and a half, along with a severe electrical storm that was taking place throughout that entire hour and a half. Uh, when we emerged from the storm shelter, uh, we learned on the radio that approximately one-third of a metropolitan area of about 750,000 people was without power. Shiloh and I were without power from Saturday evening, Sunday morning, about midnight until late Tuesday afternoon. Uh, there was a big limb that had cracked off of an old tree in my front yard that I, I swear to you came within inches of landing on my house. Um, the, the entire community, my block, was absolutely devastated. It looked like a war zone with trees literally pulled up by the roots, knocked over, toppling on power lines. It was a mess. It still is a mess because approximately 60,000 people in my metropolitan area are still, to this minute, without power. And as you can imagine, uh, the heat is excessive. So I'm asking for your patience and for your prayers. I've got to find someone to come out and cut down this tree. It's now a, a hazard uh, it's kind of a semi-emergency because there's another very large branch that is broken but perched precariously being held up by other branches. I'm not having any luck getting a tree service out here to give me an estimate on cutting it down. As you can imagine, they are absolutely flooded and swamped with business. So I would appreciate everyone's prayers to uh, help get the situation back under normal and to, you know, keep this tree propped up until I can get it cut down. Uh, it literally is, is poised very, very dangerously over my driveway. Um, anyway, I wanted to update everybody to let you know there will be no vid chat this Friday. I do not know 
when I will be able to make it up. Uh, I think as of this moment that I am going to try to blog for next week's blogs. However, the bad news is there is more uh, thunderstorm weather on the way this weekend, which may upset my ability to do that. In short, folks, the, the bad weather pattern uh, that I've been trying to warn people about, that things can pop up out of the blue, is continuing. We finally did get hit last weekend and hit severely. This was like our, our local mayor put it, this was a wall of wind that stretched from the north to the southern edge of the entire county. Uh, so this was much more spread out damage than you would get with the most severe tornado, which tends to be localized. This is citywide, folks. So please bear with me. Please be patient. I'm going to try and do my best, but obviously I have to man the telephone to try and find somebody to come down and cut down this tree. Now, there's two stories today that I want to talk about, and they're both unrelated, except they are occurring today, June 22nd, 2023. This is a grim anniversary, folks, because it was 81 years ago, if you can believe it, 81 years ago that Adolf Hitler launched the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union, and thereby launched absolutely the most bloody campaign in military history and throughout all of human history. Uh, rough estimates are that anywhere between 35 million and 40 million Russian and German and Romanian and Hungarian and on and on we could go, soldiers and civilians lost their lives in that massive titanic military conflict. Uh, Operation Barbarossa began at about, if I recall correctly, 3.15 or 3.30, I forget which it was, uh, 3.15 or 3.30 in the morning with the dawn. You've got to remember it's much farther north, so dawn was much earlier uh, on June 22, 1941. Uh, and it very nearly <coughs> collapsed the Soviet Union and you know the story. It took the Russians about four years after that invasion to claw their way back and put an end to Nazi Germany, um, a massive military campaign. It's with that in mind that I want to look at a couple of unrelated stories. The first story was sent by KM. The story is from Alaska News. It's titled, Internet and Cell Outages in Northwest Alaska North Slope Caused by op Offshore Fiber Optic Cut. And I'm going to read just the opening paragraphs of this story. The story was dated June 12, 2023, updated on June 14th, so a couple of weeks ago which would have put it right about the time that Russia began warning that it was going to have to start considering nuclear escalation. And I did my news and views last week of the article that appeared in Russia Today by Professor Kaganarov. Uh, 
the professor was arguing that there were several steps to nuclear escalation. And my point, many of you wrote me emails or commented on the forum that Professor Kaganarov is not an, a military or strategic affairs expert. He's just simply writing an op-ed piece. Well, that may be, or it may not be. I don't know. But the fact that his op-ed piece appeared in Russia today, which is, of course, an official organ of the Russian government, means that, in my opinion, he was chosen or encouraged, one of the two, to write that article, or maybe he wrote it on his own and they liked it and they published it. In any way that you slice it, I think messages from the Russian government are being sent. With that said, I pointed out in my News and Views last week that Professor Kaganarov is really saying that if Russia is willing to consider the nuclear option, then it has to be considering all other options leading up to it, including covert action, covert war, asymmetrical warfare, and so on and so forth. And that would include, I would hasten to add, strikes against the leadership of the West by assassination. And this means that I think the, the Russians are about ready to take the gloves off and start targeting those individuals, leaders, and the infrastructure, power structure that supports them. Now, with that in mind, listen to this story about the fiber optic cable in the North Shore of Alaska being cut. Quote, Residents of several North Slope and Northwest Alaska communities have been experiencing internet and cell service interruptions this week caused by a cut to the subsea fiber optic network. The cut might take up to two months to repair, and telecommunications service providers are looking for short-term solutions to bring service back online. Let me stop and remind people that that communication network in the North Shore of Alaska is absolutely vital to those people because, of course, those communities are isolated both geographically and physically from each other. Their way of communicating in cases of emergency is largely through these networks. So this is, for them, a crucial matter, just as where I'm living, having Internet and power is a crucial service, especially in a major widespread emergency like we've just gone through. So this is a serious matter. So back to the article, quote, Quintillion, which provides broadband connectivity in Arctic Alaska, on Sunday experienced a subsea fiber cut about 35, pardon me, 34 miles north of Olotok Point, offshore from Utgiatvik, Quintillion President Mikhail said. This cut caused a system-wide outage affecting Utgiadvik, Wainwright, Point Hope, Kotzebue, Nome, Aquasuk, and Mikhail. All of our broadband services are impacted by this, Mikhail said, and they're not compromised. They're completely out. While the company was still confirming the cause of the breakage on Monday, heavy ice movement most likely cut the fiber cable, Mikhail said. 
The breakage is significant given the fact that the cable is buried beneath the ocean floor, below 90 feet of water, McHale said. So in other words, the official story is it's ice, and I do tend about 90% to believe that explanation. But the other 10% of me suspects it is possible, and please underscore that word several times, that it is possible that we might be looking at a covert Russian activity or perhaps a test of their capability should it be necessary to play that military nuclear escalation game. Um, I think, uh-oh, there goes my canine home, secu home security alert unit. Thank Shiloh, Shiloh. <laughs> Thank you, Shiloh. I've got I've got someone coming to cut down br dead branches in my lawn, folks, and that's why she's barking. Hang on, I'll I'll be right back. Shiloh, come on. Lay down, you be quiet. <laughs> At least you know with the canine home security unit, there's nothing that's going to move in the yard without you knowing about it. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Shiloh. Okay, you lay down. Thank you. So anyway, back to the internet cable cut. I think it's possible that this incident might be a test of capability type of incident and in the escalating tensions between the United States and Russia and China a military strike or action against Alaska which of course is very close to Russia Siberian Russia might be presaged by the ability to take out communications and isolate local communities because without those communications, you know, you can literally land teams of people in Alaska and no one would be the wiser for it. So I do think that there is a very slim chance that we might be looking at the beginning of that escalation process that Kaganarov talked about. Now, personally, I think that if Russia does go that route, it's much more likely uh, if you read the Kaganarov article carefully, it's much more likely that they're going to use precision strikes against the leadership class of the West uh, rather than any sort of strike that's going to spill over on the general population. Uh, however, they did warn, Kaganarov did also say that Russia should warn the populations in target areas. So in other words, I, I took that to mean that they are also considering strikes against the infrastructure of power itself. Uh, so those of you in and around the centers of power uh, for these people are on the target list, unfortunately. But anyway, something to keep your eye on, on these types of events, uh, because I do suspect that there might be something going on. Now let's turn to a very different story for a minute. Most of you have heard by now of the submersible vehicle that took five uh, 
I would say certainly bold, but also rather um, luckless adventurers, let's just put it that way, down to visit the wreck of the Titanic. And this wreck has gone missing. And I want to read the entire article as it appears on Zero Hedge and then offer you a very high-octane speculation about what may be going on. The article's titled 40 Hours Left Billionaire Explorer Pakistani Businessman Aboard Missing Titanic Sub. This was posted just two days ago at Zero Hedge. Quote, a billionaire and centimillionaire are aboard the Ocean Gate Expedition's Titan submarine that vanished on Sunday in the North Atlantic while on an expedition to visit the wreckage of the RMS Titanic. Titan had five people on board when it lost communications with a research ship at the dive site about 435 miles south of St. John's, Newfoundland. The vessel was halfway into a two-and-a-half-hour dive when radio contact was lost. There's enough oxygen in the vessel for 96 hours. On Tuesday, Rear Admiral John Mauger of the U.S. Coast Guard said search operations are underway in an area about the size of Connecticut, about 900 miles off the coast of Cape Cod at a depth of 13,000 feet. It is a challenge to conduct a search in that remote area, but we are deploying all available assets to ensure that we can locate the craft and rescue the people on board, unquote, at Mauger said at a press conference. U.S. and Canadian authorities are conducting a joint search and rescue mission with aircraft and surface vessels equipped with sonar buoys. It's a race against time to save the five people. Two of the five crew of the Titan have been identified. One is Shahzada Dawood, 48, one of Pakistan's wealthiest men, net worth around $340 million. The other is Suleiman Dawood, 19 years old, his son. The Dawood family wrote in a statement, quote, We are very grateful for the concern being shown by our colleagues and friends and would like to request everyone to pray for their safety while granting the family privacy at this time. The family is well looked after and are praying to Allah for the safe return of their family members." Unquote. Shazada Dawood is vice chairman of Engro Corporation, one of the largest conglomerates in Pakistan and headquartered in Karachi. The company released this statement, quote, British businessman Hamish Harding is another passenger aboard the submersible. Harding is a billionaire and world explorer, according to multiple news outlets. He is the chairman of Action Aviation, an aircraft brokerage in the United Arab Emirates. Also, French diver Paul-Henri Nargolier and the captain are the others on the vessel. The Coast Guard said about 40 to 41 hours of oxygen are left on Titan. A French research vessel equipped with a robot will arrive in Canada on Wednesday before heading to the site. There's no backup, no escape pod. It's get to the surface or die. A journalist reveals his, reveals his trip in the Titan sub, which is made of abandoned pipes. And that's the end of the article.
Now, I hesitate, I really do, when lives are at stake <coughs> and so many people are watching this incident to advance a wild and crazy high-octane speculation. Uh, but I do have suspicions about why this submersible appears to have gone missing just as it began the dive to the wreck of the Titanic. I don't know how many of you have seen a documentary about the Titanic that aired some years ago on British television. It has a British narrator. But during that documentary, they showed pictures of the wreck of the Titanic lying on the bottom of the ocean floor. And a rather interesting theory was outlined in this documentary that the sister ship of the Titanic, the RMS Olympic, had been substituted for the Titanic in what amounted to a gigantic insurance swindle. The Olympic had sustained very severe damage in a collision that she suffered with a Royal Navy warship just off, just off of Southampton when she was getting ready to depart for other places and ran into, or rather was run into, by the Royal Navy warship. And as a result, the Olympic had her keel bent, which had to be jury-rigged, quite literally. As a result of the collision, the Olympic ever afterwards suffered a slight list to the port side of, of the vessel, and she had to be repaired in Belfast. And during that repair, the documentary alleges that the two ships were switched so that by sinking the, allegedly sinking the Titanic in a disaster, the insurance would pay out. And, of course, there's other conspiracy theories surrounding the Titanic as well that many people that were opposed to the creation of the U.S. Federal Reserve, like John Jacob Astor, for example, were on the Titanic when she, when she went down. And that J.P. Morgan, who was scheduled to sail on the Titanic that day, at the last minute changed their plans and got off the vessel along with a lot of, of unknown but very valuable cargo that they had also loaded onto the ship at Southampton. Now, why am I belaboring all this? Because in the switch theory, there are two very crucial points that are made in this documentary. And I have to wonder if this might not be somehow connected to why we're looking at the disappearance of this submersible. Because the submersible has dived down to the Titanic before. Now, personally, folks, I wouldn't dive to a site like that because it's a graveyard, quite literally, that you're poking around in. Uh, people's remains, quite literally, are down there. So, you know, have respect for the dead. Leave the site well enough alone. But in the documentary, there is a very interesting case to be made that the switch was indeed made because when the Olympic was towed or sailed back to Belfast, I should say, for those repairs after that collision, one of her propeller shafts had also been bent, including the propeller blade. 
So according to the documentary, a propeller which was intended for the Titanic was substituted for that bad propeller on the Olympic. And as is always the case with parts like that, the propeller part that was to be on the Titanic was, I believe, propeller number 401. That was the propeller that was put on the Olympic. And the other thing that's very interesting is that the names of those ships, uh, there were three of them that were going to be built, Titanic, Olympic, and Britannic. Olympic was the first one lost, Titanic was the second one, Britannic was the third. And the name of the ship was literally etched into the steel plate on the bows of the ship. What you see in the documentary is that plates with letters were put over the bows on the ship that's at the bottom where the Titanic is located. And interestingly enough, in the documentary, as they're taking their submersible around and showing you the wreck of the Titanic, they pass by the bow where the name of the ship is. And very clearly, on the very end of that documentary, you see the letter, which is the etched letter, not a, a plate that has been bolted to the bow structure. It's actually etched into the original plate you see clearly the letter M. Now, folks, that to me was fairly conclusive because, of course, Titanic, the name, does not have an M in it. Olympic does. So I'm wondering if in the submersible story, with that one exception in that one documentary, I've not seen any other video of the bow plate of the Titanic. And of course, nowadays, the technology would be there to fake it anyway. And maybe the original documentary was fake. But there's something going on with the Titanic. This is my real point. There's something going on there that is outside the scope of the normal narrative. Oh, tragedy, tragedy, a big ocean liner hit an iceberg and sank. <laughs> you know, that's the basic narrative. Uh, there is an aspect of the story that lies outside of the narrative, which I suspect many people would still like to keep quiet. And maybe this unfortunate loss of this submersible has something to do with it. I still hope and pray, certainly, that these people will be rescued and found alive and well. Um, but in all honesty, it's not looking very good. Uh, but before you consider paying a lot of money to go down and look at the Titanic, um, I would urge again, just watch the documentaries rather than do that, rather than disturb a, a grave site like that. In any case, that's my speculation, high-octane speculation for today. I'm sorry that this news and views went a little long. We had a little interruption with the canine home security unit. But I wish everybody well. Please be patient with me. I, I am at least at this juncture planning to schedule blogs for next week. But as I say, once again, they're predicting storms on the weekend. It's, it's every weekend, folks. We cannot catch a break. And I suspect that there's some weather shenanigans going on as well. I really do. 
I have never in my life seen such an electrical storm. There have been stories of large coronal ejections lately, which would certainly contribute to the ionization of the atmosphere and hence to very strong electrical storms and so on and so on. So once again, I don't think that this weather cycle is entirely natural, if you take my meaning. That'll do it for today's news and views from the Nefarium folks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your patience and prayers. Uh, please keep all of us in your prayers. Keep me in your prayers. I can get this tree cut down before it does some bad damage. And we'll see you on the flip side, everybody. Bye-bye. God bless.